Lovely. Good morning again. Um, hi, I'm Jim, as Rachel pointed out earlier. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, is that not close enough? Someone who knows how to do technology is going to fix me. Thanks, Jesse. So useful in this church. Lovely. Well, whilst Jesse does that, I'm going to crack on. I am uh, really excited to be back looking at the Bible in some depth and to be kicking off this morning, thank you, mate, a brand new sermon series. Not that I haven't absolutely loved having the children up here helping us to journey through the stories we've had over the summer. It has been great fun, especially when they have been completely off script and very cheeky to me personally. Uh, brilliant. I love it. So because I've had such a good summer with my Kingdom Vineyard family, I want to take a moment to celebrate that and also to explain the timing of our plans this morning as a church. Just in case there are any of us here who might think that as a church we should tread water until the students come back and we're larger in numbers again or might expect us to delay starting a big sermon series until uh, all the students are back. Yes, with more church, which is what we call our, our swelled numbers, yes, with more church we can do more things, but as the core of the church, it's we, you, the all-rounders, the all-year-rounders, uh, <laughs> the all-year-rounders, who are best placed to make the most difference for the kingdom of God in East Fife, to nurture and disciple our more church friends, who are intelligent and inquiring minds, so often keen for an older, wiser, more experienced follower of Jesus, to take the time to take them out for a coffee, have them for a meal, and invest in their relationship with Jesus. As core church, we're the core disciplers here at Kingdom Vineyard the core team who feed into others' lives. As core church, the all-year-rounders, we're the core missionaries at Kingdom Vineyard, the core group of gospel sharers with those in East Fife all year round. As core church, we are the core carriers of the presence of God for this church, the ones who are to be right at the front of Kingdom Vineyard's mission, showing those amongst us who are still learning about Jesus how it's done, and holding high the banner of Jesus that, for those who haven't met him yet, who we're marching towards is a sign of joy and relief and release from captivity, and that banner also strikes fear into the heart of darkness. So that's why we're starting this, I think, quite big, significant sermon series now, not waiting for our dear friends to rejoin us in September, although we very much look forward to it. We're going to get started, make some headway first, and when our numbers swell in a few weeks' time, all the better. Our series will be a journey through the book of Acts via a flying skim of the beginning of the book of Joshua. It's almost a two-for-one, sort of a buy one, get one shoehorned in front of it. And there are a few reasons why we're going about this. One being that there are some really cool parallels and similarities between these two stories. In Joshua... We see Israel, God's people, moving into the promised land with the opposition that they face and the complete devotion to God that they require to carry out their mission successfully. And in Acts, we see the story of the church, God's people, taking the gospel and the presence of God into the world around them with the opposition that they face and the complete devotion to God that they need to carry out their mission successfully. In a few weeks' time, Jeremy who has a lovely grin, is going to dig for us in more detail into even more specific parallels between these key stories in our history as God's people, which I'm really looking forward to. 
The other reason that we're looking at Joshua and Acts is that, as Mr. Beaver once whispered to the Pevensey children, they say Aslan is on the move, perhaps has already landed. What I mean by that is, God's doing stuff. He's doing stuff amongst us here, and it's really exciting. We're seeing people saved, coming to know Jesus for the first time, getting transformed by him. We've recently seen him heal people physically, and we're hearing stories from our friends around the world of how God is speaking and healing today in their context. What we're hearing in this church are signs that God is gearing us up as a church for more of that. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see more of God's words, works, worship, and wonders amongst us. That often brings with it more danger, more enemy activity, more opposition and resistance. And some of you may remember that I took a moment to speak about this early this summer. We took a Sunday out of our sermon series on John uh, for addressing the increased opposition we'd been seeing and I took the chance to implore us to run to Jesus, to get as tightly into those shepherd's arms as we could possibly be. And that still applies. The threat level hasn't been reduced. But that warning comes in the much larger, much more important context that God is on the move. This opposition is not the enemy looming large, it's just resistance to God's mighty advance. So Joshua, whilst he was charged with the task of invading territory, of claiming the promised land from the inhabitants whose culture was so steeped in evil that the Lord wanted that culture gone, whilst that's the case for Joshua, ours is a different battle. Mercifully, we are given the mission of bringing God's offer of reconciliation to the world around us. The charge given to the disciples in Acts and in the early church was that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Nice one, mate. We're testing Joel this morning. Today, the battle that we face is against the evil forces of the world, but the people around us are not our enemy. Instead, they're the unfortunate captives of the evil authorities. The sword that we wield is the sword of God's spirit, bringing his presence into the places of darkness that we see around us. And seeing chains snapped off and rebellious sinners transformed into precious beloved children of the doting father. So we reckon that God is leading us into a new season of his activity, which I am seriously excited about. And I hope and I pray that our study of Joshua and Acts arms us for the missions that we're soon to be sent on. So without further ado, uh, let's jump right into Joshua. If you have a Bible or Bible device with you, we'll start at Joshua 1 verse 1. And we'll only be making a flying visit through, uh, through this first chapter, so stick with us. And Jane is kindly going to come and read it for us so you can follow along on the screen. Come on up, mate. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, 
the river of Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from, my, from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thanks, mate. Isn't that lovely? Is she good at that? Just got yourself a job, mate. Amen. So Israel had been traveling for 40 years around the wilderness, seeing God's miraculous provision and doing a whole lot of grumbly rebelling. Moses, the incredible and faithful leader of Israel, has led them right to the border of the promised land and has anointed Joshua as his successor in Israel as many of you will have read recently in Numbers 27 and your read scripture readings. Quick advert. Moses dies, and in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2, the Lord says to Joshua, Now, therefore, arise. I don't know how much time elapsed between Moses' death and God's order to Joshua here. Maybe the Lord left ample time for grieving. Then again, maybe he didn't. But the order is clear. Time to go. There's a passing of one season and a necessary following of the next steps. Who knows how nervous Joshua was, how terrifying the idea of leading God's people, the weight of that responsibility, and they were a grumbly lot as well. The size of the sandals that he had to fill, and I've no idea what that feels like. But the Lord says to Joshua, arise, Go over the River Jordan and go and take this land. Might Joshua, somewhere within his soul, have let out a little whelp and quietly reminded the Lord about the size of the people, the armies, and the big city walls that were across that river? Something articulate and poetic along the lines of, But Lord, it'll be hard. Whether Joshua had these doubts or not, God's command comes with a reminder of his promise, the promise he made to Abraham and then again to Moses that he has a land ready for his people. Verse three says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, just as I promised to Moses. So God's command is not, go give it a bash and we'll see what happens, shall we? Nor is it, go up and I will give it to you. God's promise is that he has given it to Joshua and to Israel. God's already cleared the way. That reality just needs to be applied. He's prepared the accounts. He's written and posted the check. It just needs to be cashed. He's already won the victory. The spiritual forces in that land are defeated. The people of God just need to step in and follow God's leading to see the enemies flee and the walls literally come tumbling down, down, down. 
You'll often hear us in this church bang on about the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. And what we mean by this, now and not yet, is that the victory over evil, the breaking in of heaven into earth, has been won. It's already started. But as you look around and see the the evil that still exists in the world, it's obvious that it's not finished yet. That breaking in of heaven to earth started, but it's not completed. We, the church, the body of Christ in time and space, are part of his project of applying his victory, his ruling presence, his kingship, that is, his kingdom, to this world, into the darkness. So for us here, Kingdom Vineyard, August 2018, what lesson can we draw from this? If Joshua had the favor and the blessing of God, how much more do we, who live with the knowledge of Jesus' awesome victory in the cross, We've seen the devil defeated, the spiritual chains that held you and I melt down in the glorious light of Jesus at work in our lives. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside nailing it to the cross. He, that is Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And so our own marching orders, our mission is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching him to observe all that Jesus commanded us. You'll notice in these verses that Jesus sends us out with a reminder that he has the authority to do so, in verse 18. That, if you like, the spiritual battle has already been won. Or to put it another way, spiritually, every place that the sole of our foot will tread upon, he has given to us. Joshua 1 verse 3. So our lesson, friends, is that we're not called to take on a mighty army or to attempt to face off the devil's powers and principalities in our own strength. We're to be the servants of a God who has already won that battle in the spiritual realm and to go where he sends us, to invite his presence into the dark lands, to baptize people who live in darkness into his great light. Take this victory voucher. It's already been paid for and cash it in. For Joshua, the reward was the promised land, a place for God's kingdom to be established. For us, it's seeing God's kingdom coming in our own lives and all around us. And amen, thank you, Lord, more please. The Lord goes on to add in his command to Joshua in verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Such reassurance. Such a promise of God's strength. And for us, when we stand in Jesus' name, in his power and authority, we stand in his strength and his victory and 
the enemy must flee. I have two friends I'd like to take a minute to tell you about. A couple who came to know Jesus in this church. And one was regularly in touch with other spiritual forces. This person would pray to other gods and would receive answers to those prayers. Physical, powerful demonstrations of these other gods, these other spiritual forces' power. Then, this individual's significant other met Jesus and invited the Holy Spirit into their life. That was glorious and wonderful. And the joy and the peace that they felt and we around felt celebrating that was delightful. So then the one who had the spiritual connection to these other forces came to speak to me one day. said, Jim, I'm having a sort of a crisis of faith. My gods aren't answering my prayers anymore. What had happened there was that Jesus' presence in his Holy Spirit had come into one's life and had therefore come and filled the together life of this couple. There was a real, powerful, spiritual force that was in opposition to Jesus, already connected to one of this pair. And when Jesus moved into the neighborhood, suddenly that once powerful force was powerless. And I am delighted to tell you that with some prayer for protection, some prayer that this individual would be separated and safe from evil. They were baptized into new life with Jesus and they still love him, they're still growing with him. And I know for a fact that they're still in church. <laughs> God's promise to Joshua that no man shall be able to stand before you is echoed in God's promise to us that if you and I put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Oh, and one other thing out of Joshua 1 verse 5. Just as the Lord promised Joshua for his mission, just as I was with Moses, so I, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Note as well that in Jesus' great commission of us, his disciples and continuing to us, he promises us in verse 19 of Matthew 28, Go, therefore, make disciples, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gives us some lovely parallel promises for our mission that are similar to, in fact, I'm sure they're fulfillments of the promises God made to Joshua. So back to Joshua, verse one, oh, chapter 1, verse 6. There are four times in chapter 1 where Joshua is encouraged to be strong and courageous. So what's that about, eh? God's already won the victory. God's already taken away the power of the enemy. And yet, the enemy is still there and still looks strong. Joshua wouldn't need to be encouraged to be strong and courageous if his mission was just to walk across a river and move into a recently abandoned city. But he had to go over into the promised land and face the enemy and then to trust God to somehow defeat really strong, established, scary-looking enemies that faced him. God asked him to take these steps in faith, to go where God sent them, and for Israel to do what God told them to do when they got there, including when they got to Jericho, instead of fighting it, marching around it singing quite a lot. I've spared you several points in today's sermon where I was about to break into singing Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho, and I just want you to be grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
during ministry time later. Um, if you'd like Phil to sing the VeggieTales song for you, just... <laughs> this, all available later. Joshua needed courage, and I know how he feels. Joshua needed courage. He needed to choose to be strong. Not because God was going to send Joshua into a hopeless situation. Remember, God had done the work beforehand. But Joshua, in obedience, had to go and step out and see God's promise become that visible, applied reality. Which meant facing some pretty scary stuff. And trusting God, being strong in faith, strong in his relationship with God, and having courage that God was going to follow through on those promises. That's all part of the be strong and courageous. For you and I, our bold steps out in faith might be plucking up the courage to tell that friend or family member or co-worker that Jesus is real, actually. Or to invite them to that home group social. Or to church on a Sunday morning. The singing's pretty good, though, eh? Or it might be building up the strength to step forward and pray for someone at the front here on a Sunday morning. Or it might be stopping in the middle of your favorite coffee shop or office or wherever it might be to offer someone a word from God that he's just prompted you, or prayer for healing. Honestly, I am expecting powerful stories of words from God that unlock lives. I'm expecting stories of supernatural physical healing here in East Fife. And I'm expecting stories of you, faithful Jesus followers, being mind-blowingly strong and courageous in bringing the kingdom of God powerfully into the spaces around you. And I can't wait. Let me just add as well, this isn't scripted, but I want to add, this is not a pressure thing. I'm not trying to tell you to do something that'll be painful or uncomfortable. I'm saying I see God gearing up for this. I think he's gonna do it. And we're just gonna be invited along for the ride. I think it's gonna be great fun, really. But two notes of caution to this vision of glory. Firstly, it's God's glory. Let us never seek to build an empire of our own brilliance, to try to run off on our own, in our own power. Let Jesus be glorified through all of these events. And that means making sure that we are locked into him as close as we can possibly be, as faithful to him as we can possibly be. And secondly, the enemy won't like it. Things will start to happen around us, distractions or destructions, and we need to be completely operating under God's covering protection. If we think we're gonna see God doing some fun stuff, but that the enemy's gonna sit back and relax, we'll have got it wrong. But the closer we are into Jesus, not only will we see him doing stuff through us, but we'll be under his protection more so. Verses seven to nine of chapter one has God reminding Joshua, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right hand or the left so that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Joshua's success is conditional upon his obedience to God. God is establishing his kingdom, not Joshua's. 
not even Israel's. If Israel, even if Joshua were to step away from God's covenant, his law as given to his people, then they would no longer be establishing his kingdom. And that's pretty much the plot line of the Old Testament, by the way. It is hugely important to Joshua to stay in line with God if he's to be the man God uses for his plan. And so with us. If we are to bring the kingdom of God into the world around us, we need to be so locked in to God, so tight in our relationship with him, so honestly and purely submitted to this Lord of love, making sure it is indeed his kingdom we're building, that we are inseparable from him. We need to make sure we are in complete submission to him, each of us, that our lives look like his law tells us they should look like, that our hearts are in line with his, talking, listening, adoring him, constantly checking in with him, that's called prayer, by the way, and that our time includes, as a priority, worshipping him, studying and meditating upon his words given to us. That Bible's dead good, you know. You should give it a look. And also, we have this thing called a Read Scripture app that's free, and you should download that because it's dead helpful. In my relationships, I want to do things that please and serve those who matter to me. I actually quite like cooking Rachel a meal that will make her feel loved. Don't tell her. If our relationship with the Lord of love is important to us, then we'll be doing things, we'll be keen on doing things that please him, which coincidentally, he only asks us to do for our own good anyway. Friends, if we meditate on the book of the law, as God instructed Joshua to do, and live closely, intimately with God, then we will find that we have good success in building his kingdom. It can be challenging to do, but it's not rocket science. So, as we seek to bring about God's kingdom here in East Fife, let us be strong and courageous. Let us stand strong in God's power and rejoice that in our mission of bringing God's love and peace to the people around us, of restoring the relationship between the loving God and the world who desperately needs his love, that God has gone before us, that Jesus has won the ultimate victory. And so our enemy, the devil and his servants, are on the back foot. I really am excited to press into this new season of seeing God move more here in East Fife, of seeing him using us to bring more of his kingdom into our worlds as we serve and love and seek to set free the people around us. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and, having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Why don't you stand, and I'll pray for you. We had a picture earlier on um, when we were praying before the service of um, keeping in step with God and the safety, not just the excitement, but the safety that comes with that, and of allowing that to slip, allowing that to, uh, to get away from you, and finding yourself surrounded by the enemy who would seek to harm. And so the first thing I want to pray for us this morning is that we absolutely uh, get and stay in step with God and what he's doing. Lord, would you bring a fresh dose, as it were, of your presence? Would you come and meet us again? Come and bring your, your blessing, bring the peace and the joy and the love and the life that comes with uh, you showing up. Lord, would you give us the specific orders of go over there, talk to that person. I've got this message for them. Go and pray for that person to be healed. Lord, I can't wait to see you using us to further your kingdom to bring about more of that love, joy, life, and peace. So come, Lord. And would you protect each of us Would you draw us into such a close embrace with you, Lord God, that the enemy can't get a look in? In Jesus' name, amen.